0: Hi, everyone. Welcome back to my channel, Apogee of the Moon. I am back with my special guest and friend, Criselda Pacheco. We are going to be talking about shadow work today. But before we jump into that, how about you introduce yourself again, Criselda, for people that maybe hadn't tuned in the last time or hadn't seen the last one?
1: Yeah, sure. I'm Criselda Pacheco um, of CriseldaPacheco.com. And... I am a ordained and consecrated uh, Gnostic priestess. Um, and so I do a lot of work around shadow stuff. I am a retired sex worker, uh, 20 years of being out there in the crazy carnival, the naked carnival, as I like to call it. <laughs> uh, and I learned a lot about myself and the world in that process. And so all the work that I'm doing now has been influenced and inspired by some real direct experience out in the world in this dingy dark you know very a space that receives a lot of shame a lot of projected shame from our society right um a very misunderstood space and so you know in a nutshell hi
0: (laughs) that's who i am (laughs) that's awesome and you did just launch earlier this week what is it called what did you launch for your business
1: oh shameless confessions I've had that up on my website for a little while, but I'm, I'm pushing a little bit more. I didn't have a lot of time to do that while I was teaching in my cohort of the course. And so, but now that I have a little bit of a winter break and so on, a lot of people have been reaching out to me who have a lot of confessions and things they have to get off their chest and things they want to admit and they want to say that they feel like they can't say, you know, for a lot of reasons. Mm-hmm. Um for political ones and, per, and personal ones. You know, it's all the gamut. So I have always been a person that people can talk to about these things and um, to hold space without judging and just understanding how people could come to these conclusions, whatever conclusions they're coming to. And they need a place to talk about it. So I went ahead and now I'm promoting it more.
0: And that really falls in line with what we're talking about today with shadow work. Right, yeah. And So to let you all know, the reason we're talking about shadow work this time of year which is quite interesting is the fact that on the solstice as you're watching this the sun is moving into the sign of Capricorn. Most people don't associate Capricorn with shadow work or with working on things of a more esoteric nature but it really does have a lot to do with that because as the sun enters Capricorn the sun is at in the northern hemisphere at least and where you know the vast majority of people western Mm -hmm. culture what have you Mm -hmm. has been over the millennia it's where the sun technically dies right in the southern part of the sky it's at the lowest point that it can go and so it dies on the crew constellation believe it or not is what it's called so the southern cross and then three days later it rises visibly rises off the cross so this is kind of like the death of the sun or as you know modern christians believe (laughs) it it's the death of jesus and all of that so it's just an interesting thing. But when it comes to Capricorn as a sign, it's the end of the year, right? It's we're at the time where the sun is at its lowest point And there's not a lot of light. And so darkness has overcome things. And darkness is kind of um, the light is returning. But for that to happen, we have to kind of restructure and redo some things and which is very fitting this time of year, especially. Um
1: speaking of Capricorn, this is my Capricorn husband who's brought me my tea. <laughs> oh,
0: <that's> so
1: sweet. <laughs> yeah. So say hi. <laughs> this is Todd. <laughs> so sorry about that interruption. He's just trying to bring in my tea. Um oh, yeah still... so I think that's pretty I think that's pretty uh uh synchronistic. <laughs>
0: I think so too, very much so. So some of the things, um, you know, before we get started, definitely take some, some of your tea because I know you've been craving that for a while. Um let's talk about Capricorn in the sense of the it's it's scaling the mountain, right? Like that's in astrology, right? So all I come at things from an astrological vantage point. Griselda comes at things from a very esoteric and philosophical standpoint right two sides of the same coin i think personally um but capricorn is the sign of scaling the mountain or the mountain goat and keeping your eye on the achievement that you can gain in this lifetime or achieving something that is of great value right because capricorn is an earth sign it's the cardinal sign of earth and so it heralds a crisis of sorts And so as the sun is at its lowest point in Capricorn and working its way back to the height of its power when, you know, it's exalted in Aries and then the summer solstice when it's at the height of its power, right? Like now we are kind of disseminating and shedding our skin from this previous year, understand and taking away lessons, right? That's another thing that Capricorn and Saturn have in common is that it's about the lessons that you've learned right and that falls in line with shadow work as well but let's let's see what you have to say about it
1: well you know i think it's really really interesting that uh you know because you're right a lot of people do not associate capricorn with shadow work um but man it's kind of like obvious it's one of those things that's just been obvious they talk about scorpio a lot uh, in terms of looking at this like very plutonian deep Right. Uh, dark, murky spaces, sex and death and those sorts of things. And that's that's very obvious shadow work. But, you know, Capricorn is work. Yeah. right. It's the grind. It's the thing that has to get done, whether we like it or not. It's stoicism, you know, in a lot of ways. It's wisdom. It has a grandfather sort of thing. Oh, it's got a, it's got a wisdom to it. This deep, dark winter wisdom. Yeah. You know, and um you you can't really get your work done um you, there's a lot of like inner work that one has to do in order to really manifest and materialize yeah. so for me at least for me it's been a very it's been a challenge for me to create structure um and to organize and things like that so to me that's very shadow maybe not to everybody but to me but in my natal chart, my lilith is in direct opposition to to Saturn so maybe that's partly why it's been a challenge for me I'm just like I want to be
0: wild and nothing but chaos right
1: (laughs) that's
0: that's definitely with with your chart in particular that is definitely the case but but uh, Capricorn as a sign it's very compartmentalized right? right so Capricorn can kind of Capricorn can get a very bad rap especially those that have very strong placements of Capricorn in their chart mm-hmm. because they are so compartmentalized. You wouldn't necessarily know that something was wrong unless you knew them very well. And you could right. everyone has a tell regardless. Right. right. Mm-hmm. But with Capricorns, it's very difficult to tell because they are so compartmentalized. They could be completely falling apart in one area of their life, but a complete boss in another part of their life, right? Like you (laughs) won't know.
1: (laughs) Ah, that makes a lot of sense.
0: Yeah. That definitely makes a lot of sense. That's that's some of what Capricorn is. And some other like some some words, right? Boundaries. Right. For shadow work you definitely need boundaries. Right. Um let's see. Sure. Yeah, There's the steady eddies. So continuously doing the things. And I mean, I know you say this, everybody says this about shadow work. Can't just be a one and done. It's a constant. It's work. It's labor.
1: Yes. (laughs) Which is Capricorn. Yeah. You know, I mean, the shadow itself and the essence of it can be, it's very Scorpionic, right? in that way but the actual work is very Saturnian I mean it's it's like you said it's like a a steady a steadiness and there has to be some kind of routine there has to be some kind of discipline in doing the spiritual work and excavating what is in our unconscious you know what I mean bringing that forward yeah and then not just bringing it forward and then being like letting it hang out you actually have to do work and it's a constant work so I mean, that I like that we're talking about this in terms of Capricorn because you know it's not just a Scorpionic; it's not just this um, sort of way that we're seeing it all over the all over the internet, right? People yeah. hyper focusing on on that one aspect of it, but this is the aspect that really counts. You can pull the stuff forward, and then now what?
0: Right, exactly. You have to work exactly, and I like so, like just to clarify for for people that are watching. The difference between Scorpio shadow work and mm-hmm. Capricorn shadow work is in the sense that Scorpio is very entrenched, right? It's, it's a fixed sign for one. It's also, you know, traditionally ruled by Mars, which is very much intensity. It's about crisis. Mm-hmm. Mars is about conflict and strife and things like that. So having a water sign, this is an intensity, this and water is emotion. So when, when you're speaking about shadow work done via Scorpio, you're talking about intense traumatic emotional work, but you're entrenched in the emotion.
1: Right.
0: So you can't separate yourself from okay. it. Whereas when if we move towards Capricorn, right, we can actually compartmentalize and kind of pull it out a little bit at a time and work on it. If that makes right. sense. So that's Yeah.
1: Yeah, it's kind of just like everything else, you know, um it, it's not just a, you, you don't make soup out of one ingredient. You know what I mean? Right. You need a lot of different, like the alchemists. You have to certain, use a certain outcome. You have to use a little bit of of this and that um, to, to create whatever this outcome is or whatever this medicine is or poison, you know what I mean? Like whatever it is you're making, you need a lot of different ingredients right. um, for that. And I like, I, I really never thought about Capricorn until we had this conversation before we decided to do this as being a a part of the shadow work but it's that drudgery you know it's that stuff you have to it's endurance
0: yes and that's very saturnian in nature endurance is very much saturn
1: right because it's also time yeah it takes time so patience and endurance yep um going with the seasons and because the laws of nature are are all there there is yeah so the crop isn't going to be ready until it's ready
0: No, exactly. And Capricorn, you know, in the Northern hemisphere, especially, you know, where a lot of Western civilization is Mm. and grew from um, Capricorn traditionally was a festival and a celebration of the of the the gains and the culmination of the previous year. Right. And. Oh, wow. And sitting with and evaluating what it is that you have done, what you haven't done what went well what didn't go so well the lessons learned right again yeah it's interesting things- that
1: yeah <clears throat> because uh, you know this is the time of year of, of like the reconciliation I sent out an email this morning and in that email I, I talked about that you know a bit this is where we all sort of take stock like there's an inventory taking place yeah. um you know a lot of people sort of outer inventory right sort of like counting our money. <laughs> um at this point you know for a lot of reasons because i the-, be the Scrooge right <laughs> I know it's so much cheaper to be the Scrooge <laughs> it's just like oh that saves a lot of money yeah <clears throat> you know so I mean it's a, uh, it's one of those things it's a time of reconciliation it's also a time to um you know think about what's ahead and like I said taking inventory so I mean all of that is shadow work too i think that people have i think it's it's interesting to look at capricorn in terms of work and shadow work because we talked about this remember and about shadow labor yes and
0: why don't, and we, why don't we go with that why don't you talk yeah about that from your well, we talk
1: about it. shadow labor because it's kind of like when you think about society the way we've designed it right and and the hierarchies yes. that we we have in and this society I can only speak about Western society since that's where I was born into and where you were born into, yeah. but talking about Capricorn and shadow work, what if we're actually mentioning labor, like real labor in the world? Yeah. People who do shadow labor, like, um, think about janitors, think about the trash men, right? Yeah. Think about the people who are making the sausage, <laughs> yep. whatever that is, you know, literally or figuratively. Um, and in my case, as somebody who used to be a stripper, who was a sex worker, um, a dominatrix, you know, doing some like dirt, the dirty work.
0: Yeah, the, the work that dirty, people
1: don't yeah. want to do. Right, picking, you know, um, working in the fields, yeah. hard labor,
0: construction, yeah. I mean. Factory work.
1: Yeah. yeah, I mean, there's all kinds of ways to look at that. Um, even, even military, people that get all, go off to war, you yeah. know that's a to me shadow labor for sure yes definitely some degree there and so I, I i think that's a really interesting twist to look at a um capricornian way of of observing shadow work not just the inner self and this these inner realms but what about in our society
0: right and those are that's very much shadow labor and shadow mm-hmm. work kind of the inner work versus the outer expression of that right
1: right, right.
0: and so and when we're talking about shadow work Mm-hmm. A lot of people don't want to do the work. And then when we're talking about shadow labor, a lot <laughs> of people don't want to do the labor.
1: And and the people that are doing the dirty work out in the world are always sort of faced with some degree of shame. Yes. Or like embarrassment.
0: Yeah.
1: Or I never want to be them or like dirtiness, you know what I mean? Uh, the projection onto like somehow somehow they are um, like the untouchables, right? Think about that in India. Uh, somebody has to do it. And I think it's interesting to, to look at life from that point of view. Yeah. Of, of being somebody who occupies a position of shadow labor. You yeah. know, what that would look yeah. like.
0: Well, people don't generally see you. Right. And, that's, and,
1: right. and that's the power. That's the power of being uh, in a position of, of being in the world, occupying a position that would be considered a shadow, shadow labor is that you can see them, but they can't see you. Right. Uh, you know, I always tell people, you know, I ask people, who do you think knows more about each other? Is it the, is it the maid in the, in the family or is it the family? So the maid knows more about the family. The family doesn't really know much about the maid. Nope. So I think that this is a really good way to make the the point is that there's a lot of power when you're working in the shadows. If you know how to use that power.
0: I've seen this in my own life when I was younger, right? I mean, I grew up, my father was an electrician, right? So by trade, he was an electrician, apprentice, Mm -hmm. all that. And he worked in a factory and he was always drilling it into me that he never wanted to see me work in a factory. He wanted me to go to school and get that yeah. degree so I could be in the office. Right. And I ended up working in factories quite a bit, actually. Um, and I was a line worker, right? Building flashlights, um, doing, making uh, chocolate. I never knew that. You yeah. Didn't tell me that. No. Yeah. So I like I used to work at you know it's no longer anymore over in Saint Albans, Vermont, where I you know I grew up ten minutes away from Saint Albans. Mm-hmm. I place called Energizer, right? Oh my god! Were you making the Energizer bunnies? Uh, I was not making the batteries. I was putting the flashlights together, like the molded flashlights, putting them all together. And oh packaging. my god! That is
1: so cool, though. Yeah
0: for hurricanes, right? Because that was a big thing. We right. would get big orders for hurricanes. And so, right. and I would come home and I would just be covered in like grime and dirt and all of that, right? Physically uh-huh. exhausted, but right. satisfied in a different way than what I did once I started working in the office where my mind is constantly busy, but my body is kind of decaying and, uh-huh. and like not being utilized. Well, that's the other thing
1: about shadow labor. Mm-hmm. Right, people who occupy those positions is we we are forced. You know, I mean, I say we, and I say like I include myself in that because um of having been a sex worker, a stripper, you know, in on the on the fringes there of, of culture, you know, yeah. uh, for sure. And uh, when when you're forced or you're in a position of that kind of shadow labor, you're forced into your body. Yeah, because isn't that interesting? The shadow labor is more um, focused on like manual labor or using your body as labor literally more than your mind. Yep. And so the body is used um in that way. So you're forced in your body. Yeah. And when, when you do the the other work that is not shadow labor, it's sort of moving up the scale, right? Into the Ivory Tower or whatever that looks like, the more and more you move in up into that space, the more and more you're asked to become disembodied, right?
0: Yes. Very That's much so because you have to you have to think a different way you have to right you have to be uh-huh. up here and you have to be in the mental plane more right. than your physical body when you're working in the office especially right um, but the best time i had i mean the most fun i ever had was actually when i worked at ben and jerry's another big name that everybody knows uh-huh. and i worked in i worked in the freezer room for an entire summer because i worked through college I, my parents did not take out any loans. I had to pay for it. So I had to take time off until I was 24 to be able to only go on my income because my parents would not pay for me, right? I wasn't one of the lucky right. ones that had a college trust. Right, I, They had a spoon in their mouth. Like that's not, right. so I did that. And that summer I worked at Ben and Jerry's. It was the most fun I'd ever had working in a factory more so than any other factory I'd ever worked in and i i started out i had gained some weight from college right and so yeah. at the beginning to the end of the summer my body completely went through a transformation i had a six pack i had obliques i had biceps i had triceps like oh. i could have gone into like a bodybuilding kind of thing, right? At the end of it. Because I At the feel, end are you talking about the end of Ben and Jerry's? At the end of working for Ben and Jerry's. Oh my state- god, you would think it'd be the opposite. <laughs> it's, not, right?
1: it's, like, it's like Ben and Jerry's, I'm working at Ben and Jerry's. I mean, come on. You know, it's the right. last thing I'm thinking about is a six pack, you
0: know? But <laughs> well, around 25 pound boxes of ice cream eight hours a day Oh, no, I and, hear
1: you but it's just
0: ironic yeah I know right but it but it was the most transformative for me in right. terms of my physical self and my mental yes. state Yeah, because when I started working there I was at a very low point mentally mm-hmm. and then at the end of that I was in a completely different space mentally right.
1: Yeah, no, I hear you 100%. I mean, as a, as a stripper, you know, I mean, you really have to become aware of every little part of your body and not only that, your surroundings, yep. because you're surrounded by people who are drunk and uh, who, you know, then you have cash on hand and you're walking around in a naked moment in front of all these people who are drunk. And it's like, you have to know where your footing is. You have to know what, who's in your space. You know, you have to understand where you're going. There's a lot that is being asked of your awareness in, in a situation like that. And if you're not in your body, you're in trouble.
0: Yeah. That's, that you requires know? a lot of both situational and state mm-hmm. awareness. Right. And right. that's the, I mean, that's hypervigilance. As far as I'm concerned, if you're having to be in that environment, that's yeah. hypervigilant mind, right? So it,
1: it sort of makes you sort of, have to align everything, you know, working together. Uh, Another thing I want to bring up, because I don't want to forget this, is the aspect of shame. And how much whoever is occupying a position of shadow labor in society, um, how much shame are they receiving from society because of the work they're doing, you know, for instance, too. So that right there is that extra special sauce and helping to discern how deep the shadow work is that they're doing, the shadow labor is that they're doing. <clears throat> because we can we can use our bodies for labor, but if we are receiving a lot of shame from society because of that position, that's something else that we have to metabolize too. You know, yeah. not just looking down on because you're occupying some some sort of work that nobody else wants to do, but like for instance, sex work, that receives a lot of shame.
0: Right, a lot of projection and... A
1: lot of projection, a lot of shame, just tons of it. Yeah. And so I feel like however much shame that we receive for the work we're doing is in direct proportion to how much raw material that we have access to to turn into something beautiful if we know how to, to sort of alchemize all these things, right? Right. Um. So I think that all of this is part of this Capricornian... Sh- this, this capacity to to work with the shadow, work inside the shadow and work with all the raw elements of shadow. Yeah. And the actual work of it is is Capricornian. Um, when we look at shadow labor as well, not just the shadow work within ourselves, but people who occupy those spaces.
0: Right, and pulling yeah. from each of the compartments that you've had to put things into, right? Right. To be able to alchemize it all.
1: <clears throat> right.
0: Very Capricornian indeed. Um yeah. why don't we talk about so one of the things that I mentioned to you um you know in speaking before we started this was talking about the inverse of the mountain, right? Oh, um, yeah. We're always looking to that mountain, we're always looking to the top. We can't we gotta get to the top, gotta get it. Um the inverse of that would be the abyss. Yeah, right. And yeah. so I know in shadow work specifically and in what you do, um in, in your, like both in your course and mm. like the, the things that you that we've talked about over the last few years is is kind of traversing the abyss. Mm-hmm. And what does that look like? And that's, le- let's talk about that for a minute.
1: Yeah, well, you know, it's sort of like the law of polarity, mm-hmm. right? Or the, or the law of opposites, basically. Um, where, you know, however high one is able to exist, is however low one is able to exist as well, yeah. right? So I, I've talked about this before, I think with Heather, maybe with you, uh, Heather Elan is who I'm talking about. Yeah. I've talked about this with her um, in terms of, there's a difference in someone's direct experience in life uh, uh, when when they are they fall from grace, if they learn lessons because they fell from grace or that they learn lessons because they have risen from hell.
0: Yeah.
1: Like there's a difference there. And it's, it's not about what's better, what's worse. So I'm better than you or superior because people start thinking that way because we live in such a very, I'm more special than everybody else. Nobody's saying anything like that. I'm saying there's a difference. <laughs> yeah. There's a difference in that flavor. Yes. Um, how one has wound up where, where they are. Um, and humility has a lot to do with both, honestly. Right. Not with both. Um, and so when you talk about the top of the mountain or the abyss, right? Yeah. Uh, we have to be able to understand the the polarity of, of where we are in our position of power in the world and our experiences, because that's going to be how far we can understand the depths too. Yeah. It, it's, it just, it's, it comes with it. Right. It comes with that.
0: And so with, I guess maybe this is both like a statement and a question, I guess. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. is that if you have the top of the mountain and you have the bottom of the abyss and like you talk about the spectrum, like these are the polarities, everyone's going to fall somewhere on that spectrum. Right. So based on where they are,
1: Mm -hmm. right.
0: There's other things that can correlate with how far that spectrum goes yes and where where it's going to like where they're going to ultimately end up or like how they're going to experience their physical tangible reality around them right
1: right Right. yeah it it just depends like um uh you know if 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 somebody is coming up more from hell you know there there's a lot of different kinds of trauma there's there's all kinds of different raw materials to sort of you know work with there
0: yeah
1: and then there are then from people who have sort of fallen from grace you know uh from a corporate job or you know whatever that looks like to you like some position of power that's in the world that has a high status and so on but the spectrum you're talking about in particular in in the shadow labor for instance which is what i think you're talking about right
0: yeah
1: um there's the military For look at the military. This is, this is, you know, I've talked about this a lot with friends, but look at the military. Somebody who's been off to war has seen a lot of shit and they can't come home and explain to a civilian what that was like. They just, all the language in the world, all the poetry in the world, all the imagery in the world, you know, cannot express truly what that was like, you know, uh, if the difference between, for instance, somebody who is in the military and somebody who is a sex worker regarding the spectrum of shadow labor, right, mm-hmm. shadow work in the world, is that the people in the military, they have a veteran's hospital. They they have, you know, resources in the world, even though I don't think there is enough. And I think it's kind of a, the way that we treat our veterans is disgusting yeah. um, and horrible, I think that, you know, they, they I, I do, I saw my grandfather go through that, you know, as well, He's a, he was a, a World War II veteran, and I saw how the VA uh, treated its veterans, and so there's nothing to really brag about there, <laughs> you right. know, it's it's awful, however, they are still rewarded for that sacrifice and for that labor, yeah. you know, for that choice they made to do that, they are still applauded by society, even if it's pretentious, because I think a lot of it is, you know, for sure. Um, Whereas on the same spectrum of shadow labor, at the very bottom of that spectrum are people who are like strippers and sex workers. Um, And they are actually providing a service to society, believe it or not, whether people like to think that they are or not. They they are uh, providing a place where people can go and there's a lot of sexual energy, energy that's suppressed in our society. You know, and, um, you know, we're sort of the, the alchemists there, you know, in a lot of ways that help move that around and help people sort of bring it forth and deal with it and get it out because it's energy that has to go somewhere. Um, it can become destructive, which, which I think is ultimately what has happened in our society, you know, as a result of the sexual suppression. Yeah. So that's actually a very necessary work to do, but it's not honored. And, and it's, it's exploited.
0: Exactly. Um, there's no hospitals. There's no aid. There's, well, she chose that, so she deserves that. Or he chose that, so he deserves that, right? Like, right. That, that's the general consensus that I've heard in my lifetime of. Yes. You know, something that's happened to a sex worker or something like that. And it's, yeah. I mean, shame on society. <laughs> I mean, like, I don't want to yeah. say it that way, but really, like, shame on society. Like, yeah, the way I see it is that as... Like the way we've talked about things and looking at Capricorn, right? We're still mm-hmm. in that Capricorn. We're still under the umbrella of talking about Capricorn, right? The hierarchical structures, right? It's uh-huh. the people at the top of that structure that go to the sex workers. Usually like maybe. maybe- oh yeah. Right. <laughs> I know you have stories. <laughs> but mid-range to the top, right? We're mm, talking mid-range yeah. to the top. Go to sex workers. Sex workers are not at the bottom. They're on the outside of that structure. Right. Right? And so it's, it's, to me, it's it's a very interesting dynamic to see that the lower, right, the bottom of the structure, the people that are in the factories, the soldiers, the, like all these are at the bottom, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. the average person in society is at the bottom but then when you once you hit that mid-range to that top range mm-hmm. where there's fewer and fewer but they have more power they're going outside of the system right so to say yes. or outside of the structure to be with sex workers and to <laughs> and get out all of that
1: where well, they're going to they're going to be going back to the um They have to go back to the root. And I talk about this a lot in my, in my course, Church on the B-Sides, but the returning to the root is another symbol of the sex worker in so many unconscious ways and layers of ways, because they're returning to the feminine, to the primordial feminine, to the primordial, like, symbolic earth, you know, the daemon, which is something I talked about in my email I sent out today, uh, the demonic realm which is the realm of the elements which is antiquity let's
0: let's, let's pause there explain yeah. what this is because i know some people that are watching are mm-hmm. going to automatically think church and demons and demonic forces and all of that let's explain the entomology of the word before we talk about that part of it
1: well daemon was before demon you know daemon uh, comes from uh, the greek word a greek word and uh, it basically means, you know, it's it's like a an earth spirit or an elemental kind of spirit. Basically, it's a primordial spirit, and uh, or god, or primordial god or, or goddess. Basically, it's it's lesser than the Olympian Olympian gods. It's a lesser god or gods or goddesses than the Olympian gods. Um, so here we have this hierarchical structure of the big gods that really matter and then the ones that really don't (laughs) get beneath me, you know? So the daemon, where the daemonic realm, which is sort of the underworld, the world at your feet that you step on, you know, Uh, the world that's down there uh, which turned into the Christian hell, you know, Mm -hmm. except that (laughs) that daemon is not evil it's just a primordial force it's an elemental force okay
0: Which the church has
1: demonized and then the church demonized elemental forces it demonized okay. raw materials of nature It demonized all that um and so one of the ways that the, the daemon is looked at and i think that Heather Eland spoke about this, who is our dear friend. Who, in her, uh, what is it? Lot of spirit. Is that what she's talking about? Lot of fortune. Lot of spirit.
0: Yep, lot of spirit would be the daemon.
1: The lot of spirit would be the daemon, and so one of the ways that to approach looking at our daemon is our destiny that we're all born with with a daemon with all kinds of different archetypal forms, and that's we actually have them all like a tarot deck or like a walking tarot deck, right? We have all these, (laughs) we have all these archetypes actually within us, for sure. Um, There's like a lot of people that talk about the daemon as being the primary archetype, for instance, is another way to put it, that is driving our will in this lifetime. It is inspiring us to go forth and fulfill some kind of thing that we have to do uh, it's just that at all costs, I have to build this. I have to create this. I have to, have to, have to. It's a creative primordial force.
0: Yeah.
1: Some daemons are stronger than others. Again, there's no hierarchy here. There's no more special or anything like that. It's just a spectrum of like some things are hotter than other things. Fire is always hot. Some flames are bigger. Some flames are smaller. But if you touch it, it's still hot.
0: Right. You're still going to get burned. You're still going
1: to get burned. So it's a creative force. Basically, you know, right, raw creation. Um, so that's what daemon is. And so so when the daemon was was uh demonized, creative force was demonized. Destiny in some aspects, some could argue, were is, is demonized. Um mm-hmm. don't follow your calling. You have to go and do this instead so you can make a living in and uh in, in the world, right? In the Working, society so to
0: work for that. To work you for know, a
1: different structure
0: yeah you
1: work for a different structure that is not a sacred structure but it's been more profaned yeah you see what i mean because it's pulled us away from our demonic creative true calling um and so everything that <clears throat> is at the bottom of that totem pole in terms of like the work is demonized in this very unconscious way it is it it's not as it's not as valuable now, as a result, the life is not valuable, that work is not valuable in this way that we've designed it.
0: Yeah, and that to me that's very that's a very wrong way of looking at things. Um,
1: sinful even right Sinful against sin, it, the etymology of the word sin in Hebrew, the Hebrew etymology means missing the mark. So there's no moralization of missing the mark. It's just kind of like if you put the nail in the wrong spot on the wall, the, the picture's not going to hang, but it's not like, shame on you, you <laughs> disgusting nail. You're disgusting, you know. Yeah. Like la- lashing myself, you know, now. Yes. Because my picture's hanging, right. you know, crooked. Repent. <laughs> Do you see there's a real difference in, in, in the way that this has all been framed inside of shame? And so bringing it back to the Capricornian shadow work, you know, the Capricornian labor here and in our society and who who holds what positions of labor versus the other kinds of labor. The same value system has been projected projected onto that spectrum shadow, that shadow spectrum of labor, you know, with the military, you know, it seems to be rewarded. And it is because it has a hospital, and people cheer for for people in the military. Thank you for your service, and all these things. But they really are exploited too. But they have hospitals, and and you know structural support here, yeah. uh, whereas like down the bottom totem poles, you know strippers, sex workers, people who also are doing work that's needed um, are not receiving they're, that. Yeah, so, they're demonized spectrum. for it. Yeah literally it's it's interesting isn't it like you see this play out in 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 the as above so below
0: yeah it's it's definitely really interesting um to see that and the correlation that that has and then you know with with the hierarchy of capricorn and i mean especially with the church like the church capricorn in the church right like if you want to get technical people think capricorn they think of the devil and yeah totally It's not, like Capricorn, I mean, so many rabbit holes we could go down with that. I'm just going to say that Capricorn is a feminine sign. It is not masculine. Saturn is not a planet of femininity or masculinity. It's just a planet of burdens and limitations and delays. It's not a sign of the devil. I mean, granted, like Saturn in mythology, right, right? eight Uh children, right? I get it. But if you think about our ancestors and you think about the time of Capricorn, it was a time of the beginning of starvation because there was no plentiful food. Everything was laying bare, right? In the ground. Uh There was nothing that was growing, right? And so people Uh starved. The first people to die would be the weak and the children, Yeah. When right. if we think about that, like sickness would come and take your child away from you, right? And that's demonic, or that's demon. right. and I mean, yes, that is evil, but it's not like some demonic devil, you know, devil demon is coming and with brim fire and and hailstorm or whatever. Like I'm yeah. my words, but you know what I'm saying? Yeah, it's, no, it's it's
1: it's the way things are.
0: Yes, you know, it's
1: it's 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 reality. It's, a, it's, re- it's reality. And it forces you think about Capricorn too. At I least mean, for me, I'm not an astrologer, but whenever I think about Capricorn, I think of winter because that's when it shows up, right? That's the, the time of, yeah, of Capricorn. I mean, and winter is is very um you know, it it's, it it's it's got that the darkness, it's the dark of winter, it's um it's inward. And and that is everything that has been demonized. In in a very collective way. And so it lives in all of our unconsciousness.
0: Yeah.
1: In a collective way, as a demonic realm.
0: Yeah.
1: It's a demonic realm because look at the correspondence to all this. We just talked about all of that, you know. Yeah. And uh, and, and so this is how much this sort of false morality has seeped so deeply into all of our unconsciousness that it's just an automatic correlation to something. Uh, evil and scary so that's the thing is I don't believe in evil or good. I just think that there is balance and imbalance there's extreme imbalance in terms of extreme imbalance that's what that's what looks like evil um but 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 I feel like if we say there's a moralization to the imbalance that's what creates it to be evil instead of trying to understand why it's out of balance or understand right. nature. yeah um because it's brutal.
0: It is. It's, it's very brutal. And like right. back in the day, you know, before the Abrahamic religions really came to, I would say came to power, right. I'm right. spoke to that, but before the oh. Abrahamic religions came to power, you know, an evil day would be, I went to work and I cut my hand off. Right. Uh-huh. That's evil. Right. right. That's right. an evil day. That's, that's right. a pretty horrific day. That's something very horrific to endure. Right, and so that is considered evil, whereas it's not, you know, a demon rose from hell and smote me with their, with their hellfire, right? Like yes, that's, right. That's not a thing.
1: So right.
0: yeah. But that that
1: creates a superstition, right? That's is where that superstition comes out of, um, and you know, other people that that try to throw shade at people, and you know, the energy there are people with some bad energy that can ultimately affect people's lives I, I mean it's energy I mean it could you yeah. know it could but but the end of the day even that is a, is a force of nature yeah. and it all it brings us back to nature to try to understand what it is and I also think that that is stoicism in a lot of ways which is to me very Capricornian yeah. you know it' it's very this is the way things are <laughs> <clears throat> some things can be changed.
0: You know,
1: they can't be changed.
0: Like there's there's a difference between the laws of man and the laws of nature. The laws of man can change, right? But the laws of nature cannot. I think you're muted.
1: (laughs) Sorry. The laws of nature are perennial, right? Throughout time, no matter what kind of new power rises, what kind of empire rises, what kind of cultural taboos, you know, come and go. You know what I mean? Uh, political leanings, whatever. All throughout, the wisdom of Saturn is there, and it is. That's what stoicism is. So to me, stoicism is saturnian, and so it's kind of like to learn to rail against. Right? I talked about this. Uh, rail against the machine versus railing against wisdom, and learning the difference between those two things. Yeah, um, is important.
0: Very much so. Very much so um let's see something that you said about waltzing
1: oh yeah that is, i'm telling you guys i mean it so in my nail chart you know my my lilith is rising is in my ascendant mm-hmm. um it's in jupiter which is good and sagittarius. Sagittarius. yeah sagittarius my rising is sagittarius lilith is in sagittarius in my rising she's in direct opposition to saturn yes and it has been very difficult in this. In this, uh, <laughs> it's been very hard. But I used to. I went through phases, you know. And I'm 49 now, and I'm glad to say I have finally learned how to waltz with Saturn. I was fighting Saturn. I was hiding from Saturn. I was rebelling against Saturn. I was trying to kill Saturn. <laughs> Everything I've done, I I really ex- you know experienced all of this like ah, crazy with, with Saturn. Until I finally understood it and what helped me understand it is actually being a, a sex worker and getting to know these very conservative, uh rich white men and and learning their ways and then also seeing their own humanity, dare I say, right? Seeing their own humanity and and then understanding them as a person and as people and and that helped me understand Saturn, you know, uh, mm-hmm. it, it really is what helped me understand Saturn, you know, and, and very much. Yeah. And so yeah. I was like, oh, okay. So then I just, then the same sort of law of seduction, you know, the laws of seduction are also laws of power and how to use that in terms of learning how to dance with that power. Instead of trying to destroy it or hide from it or deny it, you mm-hmm. know um, how to work with it. And to me, I've found that waltz, the waltz with Saturn in this sort of symbolic way, is has is what's helped me. It's been the game changer for me. And you yeah. can't out with Saturn. <laughs> yeah, you can't sell sell with Saturn. I was like waltzing.
0: <laughs> well, waltzing is a very structured dance. I mean, like Mm. if you, if you want to get technical, waltzing is very Capricornian or Saturnian in nature, because like you, you have to stand very rigid when you waltz. Right. And you have to do the specific steps in the specific order. Yeah. What's, what's interesting to me is that dancing in general requires surrender.
1: Yeah. Yes.
0: Because you have to let one person lead.
1: Right. And, and, in this, in, in my, uh, you know, in my situation, I had to learn to let Saturn lead. Mm-hmm. And as a wild woman, it was very difficult for me to surrender and trust.
0: Yes.
1: Right. But see, it's not just trust of Saturn. It's also trusting my own discernment now at this point in life Yeah, that I can decide to trust Saturn because I trust myself more. Yeah. I believe myself more today than I did before because of the shadow work, you know, and, and the deep, the, a lot of the inner work I've had to do to get there. Um, so that this is a one way I hope that this maybe resonates with some people because I know that, you know, Saturn is the big, is the spooky yeah
0: he's the big baddie in the in the zodiac or in the right right he's definitely
1: spooky so learning to dance with saturn is learning to dance with your shadow is learning to do all of that so think about that in terms of a dance yeah and and not a war and uh not even like waving the white flag it's almost like uh you know i've talked about this with you too it's a difference between giving up and giving in
0: yes there's a big difference between those two
1: right right So, yeah, that waltzing with Saturn really has helped me reframe my work with Saturn and having to face that in my life. And then, you know, that's what's helped me create the course finally and 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 create order out of all this raw material, chaotic raw material um, of my of my experience. Yeah. You
0: know, which is absolutely amazing. So I think I mean, I'm looking at my notes here. And right. I want to say, we've covered everything that we have set out to cover.
1: Yeah, right. I mean, there's all kinds of wormholes, like you said. But... Uh,
0: totally worm. Totally. There, there's so many wormholes, especially when it comes to Capricorn in and of itself, because it's so compartmentalized. You can go in one space and then kind of like bust through other doors to get to other right. things. <laughs> that's, but... that's reality. Yeah. That's, you know,
1: that's reality. It I is. Mean... It, it makes it so much fun, um, to follow the wormholes. It does. It
0: really does. So I guess with that being said, do you have anything, any closing remarks you would like to, like to say for Selva? Um,
1: well, just that, um, you know, talk about shadow work in terms of, uh, the way that it's talked about all over the internet. I just feel like it's saturated, <clears throat> you know, it's very saturated and, uh, Shadow work, yes, is doing is doing that inward work, but also the next time that you're out in the world and you see like a bus boy or a bus girl um, or you see your trash man, um, people who wear nets, right? and Chopping up the meat in the back, all bloody and dirty and people who work construction and, and even sex workers and strippers and people who are doing the dirty work in society, they are doing actually the most important part of work uh to be honest with you because they are the foundation so to maybe you know i hope that this has helped you reframe shadow work in terms of how we look at it through the lens of capricorn um as labor in the world too so not just the inward interpersonal work but how that looks in our society
0: um actually that's a rabbit hole maybe we can kind of touch on that for a little bit the inner work versus the outer work, which is the masculine versus the feminine in the, in the architecture. Right,
1: right. So the outer world is the masculine, the inner world, the feminine.
0: Right. Right. And so like, um, just an example of that would be like learning, learning astrology, right? It's a language, but it's, mm. it's very esoteric. It's very inner work because once, right. Kind of, it's it's like science. Once you put your eyes on a chart and once you understand the components and the pieces that make up that chart and you observe the chart, it changes, right? Things will start to express in a little bit of a different way. And right. that's that's an inner one, right? Um, or alchemy or learning tarot yes. or anything like that, right? Any of the esoteric arts, learning doing shadow work and all of that. Right. But then the external thing, one of the things that you and I have talked about quite a bit is... Um, when I took that self-defense class, Mm -hmm. right. And how the gentleman that was teaching it, like he was a soldier, he was military. And then he made it his life's work to teach other people how Uh, to defend themselves. Right. So, and that's, that's what he does, but how different and how, how much anxiety I had doing that because I'm, I'm not that extra. Like I, I've always considered myself very masculine until it comes to that point of throwing a punch. Oh yeah. Right. Right, And I will use my words all day long to defend myself. But when it comes to actual, the physical component of it, which right. taking physical action, it can, is an outer expression of that. Right. Oh, so, I, I wanted to bring that up as well, too, just because there is even if if you're not someone that does shadow labor for a living, mm-hmm. you need a physical outlet. That's it.
1: That's exactly it. It's about balance In the end of the day. Right. And so the bigger picture looking at this in terms of like. Order and structure and where are we going and why are we going there? What systems can we create? Uh, What kind of discipline can I create in my daily life to, to get there? Um, You know, it's important to, to understand balance because balance is at the root of all things. I mean, this isn't anything new to, to understand. This has been going on in the East forever since before the West, because the East was first, right? The East is older than the West. So we have Eastern religion. We have Buddhism uh, who, who have been going on and on about balance Forever, you know what I mean? Talking about that in terms of the yin yang and understanding um, that we are all aspects of these and it's all about finding that balance. And so what you're bringing up is exactly that point is that we become too airy, too much in the air, too much in the head, in our work, the ivory tower in the sky, then how are we going to become or how are we going to practice rootedness? Yeah, Because we have to practice rootedness. Um, The other way around, if we're coming from the root, we have to practice airiness. <laughs> I don't know if that's a, I don't know if that's a way to say it, but we have to practice, you know, um, how to um, sharpen our minds. You know how to translate what we are doing with our bodies in the world into something that is intellectual um, as well. You know, use our minds. So it's all about balance.
0: Yeah. I, yeah. That last point, I, I'm glad that I'm glad I looked at my notes and I'm glad I brought that up because I mean, I think everyone should definitely try to find, and it's not what's balanced for me, maybe imbalanced for someone else. Right. So it, yes. it just depends on who you are, where you are right? right in that position and what you're willing to do, how far you're willing to go in the other direction.
1: Yes. And I want to mention too, that ex- it's not just about exercise, right? Oh. People say, well, I go to the gym and I do that. And that's great. But it's about like getting back and connected to the earth somehow in your body as well. Yeah. Not just working out at the gym, even though that's important to be in your body and be, bring that balance and be in your body. But also, you know, rootedness. Yeah. Um, and doing that work of returning to to a root and yeah. understanding what that means for you in your life. Mm-hmm. Um is really important because you want you want to be able to hold the polarities like really go if you go really high you have to be able to go just as proportionally low yep. and understand how to hold the tension of those two opposites as Carl Jung says uh and what that means for you in your life because if we each did something like that or attempted to or working toward it our society wouldn't be so out of balance right so yeah. uprooted. Yes. Uh, and uh, which is what makes it easy to manipulate people. Yes. When we don't have strong roots. And so we have a very uprooted society, very airy air society, um, yeah. very ivory tower society. Getting that's the most important things to get up here. But then we leave behind the dirt. You know, when we have to take it with us, we have to remember that that's um, very important as well.
0: Yes, very much so. Thank you so, so much. This was an amazing conversation. I absolutely loved it. Let us know in the comment section. Uh, Let us know in email, however you want to let us know. Follow Criselda if you're not following her. Go have a shameless confession with her. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah,
1: I mean, right now I'm giving a, it's a, what is it? It's a 15% off because until the end of the year, December 31st, because a lot of people who been trying to they've been contacting me and uh people are going through a lot of reconciliations they're reflecting on the year reflecting on their lives that's what time of the year it is and so sometimes they just need a little bit of a of an uh, ear of somebody who's a stranger but also somebody who uh, has a lot of deep understanding because i've done a lot of this work yeah and uh i understand um so yeah, yeah.
0: that's there that's amazing thank you so so much and yeah.
1: thank you so much for inviting me and thank you for everything that you do and uh, you're awesome. So people should people should get you a reading from you too because you're very scientific and precise with that like in the test. Oh, thank you. Oh yeah.
0: I appreciate that.
1: Of course it's true. <laughs> All right, mama.
0: All right. Thank you so much. And everyone, you have a blessed yule because that is what today is and a blessed solstice, and Merry Christmas, Happy Hanukkah, Happy Kwanzaa, Happy Holidays, whatever happy holiday um. you celebrate or don't celebrate, I wish you peace, I wish you love, I wish you happiness. Let us know in the comments what you think, and really, if you want to see more, because I would love to have you back to talk about Aquarius.
1: Yeah, oh yeah, I want to talk about that.
0: Yeah, that's that's an interesting one. Yeah. All right, everyone, thank you so right. much, Griselda.
1: No problem. Thank you.
0: Bye Bye. everyone.